Hello, welcome to Planted episode four. My name's Thomas and I lead Inverness Vineyard Church along with my wife Maddie. And uh, we're on to episode four of our little podcast interviewing all the, the Scottish church planters uh, within the vineyard movement. We have looked at, we have looked at, we have chatted with Edinburgh, Falkirk, Stirling, and they've been great chats. I have got personally so much out of them, and there's been so many nuggets of gold shared uh, from these guys as we've, we've chatted to them. So you might be listening in from their churches just to hear a little bit about their story. You might be thinking, I might plant a church. You are so welcome to listen along. Or you just might be loving stories and wanting to be encouraged and, and hear some stuff that will be good for the soul. Welcome. We hope that you enjoy this episode. We are on to East Kilbride Vineyard Church, which we're really excited about to be chatting to Joe and Nikki. I had a great chat with them. They are relatively new uh, in planting. They are newest church plant in terms of hearing their story. And again, they've shared just lots of, of great wisdom. And it's just great to hear their story as well. So I hope it encourages you. I hope that it blesses you. And I hope that God moves in the mix of these conversations and you feel his presence for perhaps stepping out and uh, taking that next step perhaps onto a church planting journey. So over to me and to them. Let's do it. Joe and Nikki, it's so good to be able to chat to you this evening. Thanks so much for taking the time. Why don't we start things, as we've done with the, the other episodes, by sharing a bit of your story. Give us a little of an introduction, who you are, and yeah, just whatever you think is, yeah, people would like to hear. Well, as you can probably hear, we, we don't sound very Scottish. <laughs> no, no, we've got a very thick Scottish accent. <laughs> yeah, don't know. <laughs> so a little bit of background is that we're um, from South Africa um, and we've been in the country for eight years now. Brilliant. So uh, we, it's a long story of coming here, but a uh, little background myself. I was born in a Christian home yeah. and grew up in a very loving Christian environment where I experienced the Holy Spirit really young. Um, grew up schooling, everything in South Africa. Um, and then I used to visit a family in England often um, because we had lots of family in England and there was always something pulling at my heartstrings for the UK. Mm. So for a long time, I had a feeling that we were going to be in the UK. So that's a bit of me. Yeah, so as you can hear, me too, I'm from South Africa. We, um, I grew up not in a Christian home, um, bit of a broken sort of background, but I think at the age of 19, I was quite a rebellious teenager. I just had an encounter with Jesus, and that was that. My life turned right side up. Amazing. <laughs> I remember because of my background in that journey, I just said to, I felt God speak to me about just like, don't waste time, you know, don't play the field, but wait for the right person. So we did, or I did, and eventually got to, to meet Nikki. And a number of years had the privilege of getting married to her. And it's been, what, almost 17 years now? I know. I know. Time flies. It's great. Um, wow. Yeah. And just, but ever since sort of I 
started my journey with Jesus, whenever there was like somebody come around with like a prophetic gifting, they're always like pick me out in the crowd. Like God is telling you, you're going to end up mm. like somewhere in the world. So you for me, wearing like bright colors or anything, or you know, <laughs> one of the signs yes. pointing to me, call me, call me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's good. Um, yeah, and so then we got married, what, 2004? Oh, that's right, yeah. And then we started our, we lived in a place called Cape Town for a yeah, number of years. Yeah, yeah. And there seemed to be, I think, for quite from the early days, there seems to be this theme developing. We were thinking about it recently, like just these steps of faith that God been calling us to. And I remember one of them was, like Nikki's saying, moving to the UK. Mm. Um so God spoke to Nikki and a number of years later, so he only spoke to me about it. Mm. And then when was it? 2000. So we used to come to like the UK every like two years on yeah, holiday yeah. and just come to like a, like a Christian event and see what God was doing. And in 2009 we came and we felt now's the time. And we went back and like we spoke to our leadership team yeah. and they said, you can, but we just feel you need to hold on a bit. And we, we prayed about it. We trusted them in the yeah, journey. Right. And it's one of the things we had to learn, just trusting people in the journey as well. And then 2011, felt God say, now's the time. Yeah. Go. Yeah. And just the amount of doors that God opened in that process for us. Yeah. Like the company I was working for, they didn't have any office in the UK, never wanted to be in the UK. And they just said, in essence, we will move you. And we'll pay for everything. We'll pay for your visas. Wow. <laughs> whatever you need. Yeah. Brilliant. Just go and work remotely for us. Yeah, that's right. So there was definitely a sense of God in that. We, we kind of knew. We, we knew in our knower. You know, people talk about their knowers. Yeah. Um, and we knew in our knower that um, God was calling us. And so it was trusting the journey, trusting the people that God had given um, to put around us. Um, in that journey and then watching how God unfolded that in our faith and an obedience. So we landed in the UK in 2012 yeah. um, with our four-year-old and our two-and-a-half-year-old, uh, two boys. So that was fun and games. Amazing. <laughs> it was great. Um, how was the flight? <laughs> horrendous. It was terrible. So can I give you some advice? When you have very busy kids, yeah. when you're flying... There's no way they can go. Yeah. So fall yeah. asleep. I hear you. Find them Sounds somewhere on the plane the next morning. My <laughs> idea of a nightmare. <laughs> uh, yeah, wasn't easy. But yeah, we got here and I think we've just loved being here because yeah. it's felt so right. Yeah. So yeah, it feels like we've come home. It's great. So good. So good. Thanks for that little snapshot. That's really, that's really <laughs> helpful. Uh, so you're an East School bride now, guys. Yeah. And Scotland's first new town, I believe, 1947. I I did do a little Google beforehand. I'm I'm not just an encyclopedia of Scottish history, towns and cities. I haven't actually been to East Kilbride. Tell us a little bit about East Kilbride. Well, do you know where it is? Yes, it's in Greater Glasgow. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Yes, see, my Wikipedia was right. (laughs) Yes. Like when we when we said we we're going to move to East Kilbride, most people' responses: East Kil where? Yes. <laughs> what are you going to do there? Yes, that's right. Yeah, well, I mean, originally it's it's a it's a it was a very little village, which yeah. is old. Yeah. Um, 
and um, like, I mean, hundreds and hundreds of years old. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, yeah, it got turned into this new town, which has been one of the most successful new towns in Scotland. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's just grown and grown and grown. And we have like now 24 suburbs, um, areas within East Kilbride. So, um, I mean, I'm looking at about, what, 90,000 odd? 95,000 people here. Right. So. So it's a really big town, um, yeah. and a lot of people, they live here because they commute to work into Glasgow and the surrounding areas. So it means that you can live um, fairly kind of in the country and then yeah. still commute into Glasgow. So it's quite popular. Yeah, but first, like the, the journey first to get to East Kilbride, because obviously we used to live in Aberdeen before this. Yeah. yeah. Um, we were going through the discernment process, Yeah. and we were like, so where do we go? Yeah, and Steve Nicholson, who some people might have heard in some of the local churches today from America, he was around that catalyst at the time, and the advice that he gave us was yeah. go and find your tribe. Yeah, because because most church planters, when it doesn't work out well for them, this is they just used to pick them up, put them in a new place, and all of a sudden, boom, it worked. Yeah, and we always, since we've moved here, we've just always loved. Glasgow and the Glasgow area so we used to do sort of like trips in and around and then New Year's Eve or Hogmanay we were at a party and um, Nikki so his friends we met and we brought them into the village and they had friends over and this one lady said Nick introduced herself to Nikki and Nikki I said where are you from and she said well East Kilbride. Yeah, she had this beautiful accent. Yeah, it was yeah. just incredible. It was thick and just gorgeous. And I, I said to her, where us are a, you Give us a wee... Uh... I can't. <laughs> I, I can't do any justice. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, wee girl. That's what I... That means a little girl. <laughs> oh, if you say, if you say, what is it? Space ghetto. In our, uh, yes, space yeah. girls. In an American space accent, girls. it sounds like Spice Girl in the Scottish accent. Yes. You've got it. You've got it. Good. <laughs> That's right. So you heard this, and that was a bit of a moment. Yes. Yeah. And then when, yeah, when she had said East Kilbride, something yeah. like rung inside of me. So I had what happened? Like, Unpack it. Tell us a bit. Yeah. So <laughs> uh, when she said East Kilbride, I thought, I've never heard of that. So I asked her where it was, and she said Glasgow. And I thought, there you go. We knew that there was something in Glasgow. So we yeah. got home the next day um, on the 1st of January and um, we Googled it and we're like, East Kilbride. And the more we looked into it, the more we saw that it's such a family orientated town yeah. with lots of like soft play centers, um, parks, green areas, uh, places for people to meet other people. Um, and it, it's just, just jam packed with homes. Yeah. So it's just really a people place. Yeah. So and and there was something for my son who's a skateboarder. There's lots yeah, of skate yeah. parks. There's there's tennis courts and things for my other son. Lots of soft play for our three year old. Um, and then even motorbike tracks and climbing and all sorts of activities, which was like it ticked up all all our yeah. um the things that our family loves. Yeah. So. so I would say there's sort of like three three pointers first in that journey. So that was the one. And the other one was leading up to the Scottish Vineyard Conference, mm. Leadership Conference. I said to God, if you want us to plant an East Bride, yeah. I want you to send somebody to me at the conference to come and speak to me about East Bride. Because, I mean, at that point, it would have been us, yourself, 
yeah. Chuck. Yeah. And that's about, I mean, it was a yeah. very small circle of people that knew. And on the second last night, this lady who goes to a Baptist church in East Kilbride, who we met at the Hogmanay party, who's yeah. got nothing to do with Catalyst or with Vineyard, she pitched up at the conference. Wow. And said, hi. <laughs> we're like, okay. That's it. <laughs> and then, yes. right. yeah. So that for us was like, okay, deal closed. God has clearly spoken. But then one of the other small things was like, because on the journey, we said to our kids, we, we weren't just going to rip them out and just, this is your new reality. We just, when we started feeling God speak to us about church planting, we said to them, we feel God's got a journey for us. Yeah. We don't know our adventure. We don't know how that's going to look, but we'd love you guys to pray into it and see what God is showing you guys about it. Yeah. And one of our trips to East Bride, we were driving back, just coming out, and Nikki was talking about there's actually a lot of like, like Catholics and a lot of like religion and stuff within this area. Yeah, lots of different churches. Yeah. And... Daniel went, I know what we can do. You guys can start a church here. <laughs> yeah, your own expression. It was just amazing that our 12 year old just came out with this. And we just sat there just thinking, wow, like, our kids Great. are already seeing it. So evident you guys are, are called to East Kilbride and the, the God stories in the mix of that and confirmations. Like, I think you've you modeled something really important for for people who feel a call to church plant and we'll unpack that a little bit and rewind as to the call to church plant. But could you share a little bit about knowing that you're, you're called, but not knowing where, like, I think that's a really helpful because there'll be people listening who are like, I think this is in me. I think, I think I'm, you know, want to explore it or go on the journey. You know, I could potentially plant a church, but my goodness, there's not a, a heart pull to a particular area. Well, you know, it's a, yeah, it's almost like choosing your subjects or yeah. what you want to do when you're older, when you're a young person. And uh, how did you navigate that? Because you're maybe hearing other people who are stories and like were dead set on that place. And like, give us a bit of an honest assessment of your journey to to that moment of hearing from God. So I think there's a, so somebody said on the journey, I, I can't remember who said it, but we were talking about, church planting says church planting often has actually got a lot more to do with you as a couple than what you think and you are often the project yeah and um so for us i think we were struggling quite a bit like talking through this late night like you know where is this going to be yeah and steve nicholson one of the other pieces of advice he gave was it's more important about or the timing is more important than the place yeah and for us, it was like wrestling. How do we let's wrestle through the timing in some senses, I think, was part of it. Yeah, but I really struggled with that because I like to see things in my yeah, mind's yeah. eye. So I really battled through that because I, I'm all in the detail. I wanted to know where. <laughs> I was like, it's, that's fine. If it's, if, it's, if it's in six months, if it's in two years, it's fine. I yeah. can deal with it. But I, wa- I want to know where. Yeah. So I really struggled with that. Um, so, but that's where, where you balanced me out, wasn't it? Yeah. And for, I think the thing we keep learning and seeing over and over about this faith journey, it's as you start walking towards what God is calling you to, yeah. that 
doors starts opening and stuff starts coming out. Yeah. So for me, it's a bit like when at the banquet, at the wedding, Mary, they run out of wine. And Mary says, do whatever he tells you to do. Yeah. And for us, I think it's a bit of we learning more and more about our faith journey is it's just yeah. listening and doing. And as we do, as we start walking towards what he's saying, yeah. in the midst of that uncertainty, stuff just starts coming you said, up you said that from the very beginning that I, I wrote it down steps of faith you know and i think that's you know often we, we don't see the next step until we take the you know the first step and i, it's, I always remember the scene in indiana jones you know and, it, and it's until he takes that step the next step unfolds but yes. i think it's uh it's so true it's so true yeah, we had a lot of um, people come up to us during that time as well, giving us words, um, people that we weren't expecting either, giving us mm. prophetic words and, and messages and cards and just saying that there's, there's something for you in the future um, and it's soon. Um, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that was really helpful to have people come in and, and give us those words of confirmation. What did it feel like? Like when was it? When did you know? Or did you not know? Is it that thing of like there were still questions and it's like that step of faith? Like, yeah. Balancing well, that tension. I've got all these words and, you know, is. this all adds up. You know, somebody from East Bride turned up at a conference. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes. So I think you, for me, it's like you get these moments where you know. Yeah. And then the next morning you wake up, you're like, no, no, that was. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So like for me, one of the moments were at NLC. So at that point, I mean, we had people come up to us like that's never met us and say, can I pray for you? Like something about church planting on you. And mm-hmm. and at that point, I also felt that it's going to be soon because rather than this long drawn out process. Yeah. Um, I think that was one of the moments. And for me, the other sort of key moment was just going through the discernment process because I find the discernment process is very helpful. Yeah. Um, and when you have people like Chuck and Taryn cheering you on, and then when you feel God is speaking to you and you go through this process and this process saying, actually, yes, this is your time. Yeah. Um, so that was for me and for you. Good. Yeah, pretty much. I think that the discernment process, you know, all the questions that you get given yeah. um, when you're, you're trying to figure out, is this what God has called me to do? Yeah. Um, and as you answer those questions, there's something that happens in your heart. Um, and you say, actually, God, you are, you're highlighting this. Yeah. You're, you're just reestablishing what you said. Um, and suddenly all your dreams are coming forward. Um, and you realize that God is leading you through the questions. He's leading you to what he's called you to. And there is an excitement that yeah. like starts to bubble up from deep down inside that you didn't even know existed. Yeah. Um, and then you just know that you want it with all your heart and you know wow. that God is, is leading you in that. But it's quite, what we found is quite key to, to, to journey that, to write it down in some shape or form. Yeah. Because I remember you guys doing that. Yeah, and now we've got our little, we've got a hard thing where everything we celebrate, we chuck things in there, we just throw yeah, it in there. so yes. good. Mark the moments. I've got yes. a, a line of bottle corks that we write on and uh, just little moments to celebrate. Yeah. Uh, that makes it sound like I, I drink a lot of alcohol, but <laughs> <laughs> there's not that many there, honestly. Because yeah. I, I do think like, I mean, if you just look like back to the Garden of Eden, did God really say? And I think that, 
Yeah. That temptation will always come around, like that God really say when times are tough. Guys, let's rewind a little bit. So uh, tell us a little bit about your call to church planting and like, what did that look like? When did that first start to materialize? And for, for both of you, uh, what was that journey like? What, what were you feeling? What were the struggles? What were the doubts? What were the joys? Um, I think there was something that's always been in our hearts for church planting. We, we didn't know that we were, we were going to lead one per se, but we always kind of thought that maybe we, we would be a part of one. Mm. Um, and in 2014, um, we faced some really hard things um, mm. in that particular year. Uh, we had a stillborn. Uh, Joe lost his job twice. Um, my grandmother, who I was very close to, passed away. And it was like we had hit rock bottom. 2014 was like our big devastating year. Um, and in that time, we learned to dig really deep wells mm. um, and spend time with Jesus in a way that we've never done before, really seeking his face, asking him questions, um, like saying, God, where are you? And even asking big God questions in that time. And that was like a real learning curve for us as a couple, as a family, because our children also went through that as well. Um, and all the, the difficulties that come with that. But in that time, the people around us, like our neighbors, our unsafe friends, our Christian friends, people around us started loving us. They started dropping food off at our door. We had, I mean, I even had a, a box of chocolate strapped to my windscreen window oh, wow. in my car. Um, <laughs> and I didn't even know who it was from, but I was just aware that we were being loved yeah. in beautiful and original ways that we've never been loved before. And then the light bulb came on community is everything. It is precious. When you've got precious people around you, you can get through so much. And you just realize that Jesus reaches through to you through his people. And we were so surprised. And I think that's where a lot of our, our heart to actually reach people came from, um, just from that devastation and then seeing how people were loving us. And we realized, actually, we want to do that too. And so we thought we need to be where we are. And so we, we, during that time, we gathered people in, we shared our story with them. They cried with us. We told them about Jesus. We saw people come to know Jesus. They gave their lives to the Lord during that time. So even though there was so much devastation, there was Jesus in it. Wow. Um, and so we, we kind of are aware that, that there was a celebration and there was a birthing in our hearts to bring community around us and share our lives with people because they really are affected when we mm. share our story mm. of Jesus with mm. them. And so that kind of started us on, on a yeah. journey. That's so powerful. Thanks, Nikki, for sharing that. Wow. And that, when it was in 2018, yeah, we got to the place where we were just like, okay, God, so enough's enough we just there's certain clarities we wanted in our life where's all of this going um and we wanted so one of the things we were asking like are we called to be part of a church plant or yeah. are we called to lead a church plant and we wanted uh, particularly me i wanted to get clarity what god what are you saying about this and then we decided to do leadership academy um at catalyst mm -hmm. we decided to do it together mm -hmm. And we took that year just to really 
like pursue that and see what God was saying. And the idea was never to finish Leadership Academy, to plant a church. The idea was always, let's get clarity and then let's start walking towards that, maybe in another five, ten years' time. Right. But God had other plans. <laughs> and I remember, like, we went over to Jack and Taryn one night and they just, they said, where do you guys see yourself? And when? Yeah. And they started calling church planting out in us. Yeah. Um, and then we just did what was the next natural step for us. Like we felt God was moving our hearts towards it. We felt God is starting to put stuff in our heart for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and we just said, okay, let's do the discernment process and see, see where this ends up. Was that a, a united front in that? Was there ever moments where you're like, no, I don't think so. Another person's like, yes, let's do it. Like how d- did you have to navigate any of that? And how, how was that? Well, that was me. I, I was like, well, well, we'll do Leadership Academy, but we're not planting a church at the end of that. I put my <laughs> foot down and I was like, well, that's how it's going to work. Um. <laughs> and I, I remember like, when was it? January 2019, when we went to NLC. Yeah. Nikki was like, I believe we called to church plant. Yeah. But not this year. That's right. Next year. We first need, this needs to be a gradual thing for the kids. And yeah, that's right. Just had my mommy hat on, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And then we just, so I think some of it was some, some intense discussions yeah. and some of it was just trusting God in the journey. So mm-hmm. like I felt particularly on that journey, I felt God speak about this is going to be quick. This is not going to be long. Yeah. And the one thing I have learned over the years, just, just try not to manipulate, to try and make things happen yeah. and just trusting God in the journey that God's going to. And then over the next few months, literally next three, two, three months, yeah. God changed both our hearts. And we yeah. said, yeah. You just knew. Come, come summer holidays, we're out of here. So That's good. right. And I think the big thing as well was the, the boys because they were at – you know, very important stages in their lives. So yeah, yeah. we wanted to make sure that they were always on board, that we would never leave them behind. They're our first call of priority. So yeah. I think that was a big thing for us to consider. Um, but as we went on that journey, we could see that God was really getting their hearts excited. They, yeah. There was something burning in them as well, which surprises us. Sometimes we kind of think, you know, the kids don't know, but God speaks to them too. Yeah. Um, in, in ways that we don't understand, but he does. Um, and it just shows you that God is, he's talking to them in his own way. Love it. And what a reassurance that is. It's a family thing, isn't it? It's the family business. Yeah. It's like we, we come right. as a package and, and God knows that. And he's so yeah. kind, isn't he? And we, so just, we decided we were going to fight for them and for their best interest. Yeah, yeah. And we had to, we ended up taking some very hairy uh, faith steps, but <laughs> yeah. God came through. It's good. Steps of faith, guys, as you've said. Like, I think you guys are such a great team. And I love like, through that process, like, what's clear is you're, you're, you're honest with each other and you're communicating with each other. That's like one of your real strengths, I think, as yeah. a team that, that you, you share honestly how you're feeling. And that, that's so important, isn't it? Especially during that process. Yes. I mean, the other thing we had to, had to journey together is like, because we weren't always in a vineyard background and some yeah. of our background was complementarian, so women don't lead. Yeah. And up until we started Leadership Academy, we would have still had a strong sort of sense towards male leadership. Male leadership. Yeah. And yeah. 
yeah. and that year God has really like shifted things in both our hearts yeah. and this thing and we on this journey together yeah and just for me it's just been beautiful to see how Nikki has come out of a shell yeah. and how God is using her just in a really powerful way and I think if this ever had to be a a Joe show, it would have been very dry and very sad. You like your mate, you, mate, you take over the podcast. That sounds so much better than Planters. It's <laughs> good. Oh, so good. Uh, that's really helpful. Thanks for sharing that uh, around your call. Let's chat a bit about East Kilbride Vineyard. So we've shared a bit. Uh, you've shared a bit about your story, your your planting story. So you're 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 not long kind of landed in a sense, and we've had COVID obviously putting uh, the stops to all sorts of things. But yeah. but tell us a little bit about what's in your heart that you are wanting to see wrestled into reality for East Kilbride. What what's God stirring, and and perhaps share if you've got one or two stories, one or two God moments in the mix and the the short time uh yeah and your short life as Inverness as Inverness as East Kilbride Vineyard yes um I think one thing that comes to mind is I remember just before uh we moved there was such a sense of intimidation um that I would just get terrible nightmares and I would have these thoughts um that we were we were going to move and everything was going to be terrible uh, it was going to be a bad decision it wasn't going to be good for our kids and I remember really wrestling with that in the night mm. um and then just I would get up and pray and say god you need to help me with this what do I think what do I say and I remember god saying east kilbride is all about people mm. and i love people mm. and uh, that just broke me and i just realized East Kilbride was built to be an overflow um, after the World War um, and the Gorbals and, and a lot of that area was just totally bombed. They needed a place to move people. And so they built East Kilbride to move people and to house people. And it's become this huge housing development and it's all people. Um, and God, his heart beats for this town because it is just crawling with people and he loves them. And so I think that's where my heart really is. It's just recognizing that, yeah, it's, it's about people yeah. and that's Jesus's heart. Yeah. And have you any, any stories you could share just around your short time, any God moments, any things that have encouraged you on your, well, your planting I think journey? When we um, arrived, um, we had a couple who got in touch. Um, we had to put a video out there on online about who we are and our vision for East Kilbride Vineyard. And uh, there was a couple that emailed us very, very quickly after we put the video up and asked us, where are you? When are you planting? When are you meeting? And they sounded very keen. So we met with them for a coffee and um, they said that they had been praying for a vineyard church to move to East Kilbride for 20 years. Wow. They've wow. been praying for us for 20 years, um, which was just incredibly humbling and just amazing. Um, I remember just weeping when they said that, just realizing, God, you brought us here and these people have been waiting. Yeah, I love that. I love that. And I think that's true in various parts of Scotland. I know for Inverness, that was the case as well. We had a guy who 
was praying for around that time as well, 20 plus years. And he came to our service and I couldn't stand up. Like I had to sit down and it took me about 15 minutes to compose myself. Like God knows, doesn't he? And his timing is perfect. And to know what are carried by the prayers of others as well is uh, (laughs) such a precious thing, isn't it? Yeah. So one of the other things, as you were talking about COVID, so we arrived in August, the day before the school started, decided we're going to get the kids to settle in. Then it was October. And so we, I think November, December, we started just sort of slowly starting meeting like with the couple that came with us. Yeah. And this couple has been praying for us. So then we said, okay, beginning of 2020, we're going to start getting our, our gear, our things together. <laughs> yeah. So, so in the throes of winter, we had uh, two outreach or gathering events, which as you can imagine, in the throes of winter, didn't really go down too well. Yeah. And then we sat down and we planned, we put in the calendar, this is what we're going to do. And then COVID happened. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's the thing of how do you gather in a virtual work? Everyone's told to socially isolate. And the first week, after lockdown, we went to virtual um, community group and we had somebody come and join us and mm. she's still around. And then yeah. shortly after that, mm-hmm. one of the friends, one of our friends who Nikki befriended, she started to engage with the relationship with Jesus. Oh, yeah. because, one of us, because I felt God speak to us about we need to be a, a voice of hope and this yeah. time of hopelessness yeah. and to start an online thing just for Sunday mornings being hope in this time. And through that, she engaged the relationship with Jesus and she's just on yeah. fire going away. And then Nikki was standing in the, in the queue outside of Marks and Spencer's and the next moment, they like, hi, Nikki, I know you. I've been watching you every Sunday. <laughs> you feel like, yeah. a, like a bit of a celebrity in that moment. You don't know who they are, but they know who you are. Cause yeah. They've seen you. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of weird. <laughs> And then, like, she started joining in, and she's like getting involved. And she's Great, joining in the oh, in the so host good. group. Yeah, yeah. So we're gathering in ways we didn't think we would gather. Even it's, in Marquis, not just any kind of gathering, M and S gathering. Like, Love it. It's great. We had we had people for lunch today, and uh, they're like, "Oh, we're in the studio now! Yay! This is so weird. <laughs> like, it's almost like we're giving them a behind the scenes kind of tour of like a, a TV studio." Our house will never be the same, never be viewed the same. That's so yeah. good, guys. Thanks for those stories. Uh, so encouraging. So encouraging. God yeah. is even moving, you know, in spite of the season that we find ourselves in. He's still yeah. on the move. He's still uh, impacting hearts and, and drawing people to him. We have a little section that we close called Weeds and Seeds. And uh, we're going to be chatting just a bit about, firstly, the weeds. What are the things that, uh, in your planting journey, it might be on that, you speak about the discernment process, that being the, the journey we go on to uh, to see if we're called to church plant and, and what that looks like. like. What are the things that needed pulled out? Or it might be right now in, as a planter, as you know, your new, uh, or in the last year, East Kilbride has been birthed. What are the things that you've had to be aware of that you've needed to, to pull out? And then just give us a few seeds, you know, the God moments that have kept you kept kept you alive, kept the blood pumping for, for East Kilbride Vineyard, for the call. Uh, so why don't you share a little bit about that? So 
with the weeds for me, I think it's a thing of looking at other other people's lanes yeah. and comparison. Yeah. So because of my job, I still before lockdown, I still used to go to Aberdeen quite often. Yeah. And I remember, I think we were here for about three weeks going back and people are like, oh, so have you got a, have you got a building yet? And how many, how are your Sunday services going? And I think you can quite easily want to compare yourself yeah. with people around you. And it's just a thing of we are in this for the long run and sometimes growing fast is not necessarily the best thing. It's about growing at what, at God's pace and mm. trusting him in the journey and not trying to see what other people are up to and try and copy their, mm-hmm. their thing, but stay in the lane that God has called you to. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. And I think we to myself is very much insecurities um, and just listening to lies. I've had to call them out in the past and, and recognize them as lies um, and just insecurities and thinking, you know, I can't do that. I don't fit the mold. I shouldn't be standing up and speaking and actually saying and reminding myself, no, that's not what God says. Yeah, come on. So those are definitely um, some of the weeds. And they still, every now and again, they show up yeah. and I have to deal yeah. with it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. yeah. And I think yeah. one of the other things, especially when you're gathering people, could be around some people come with pre-existing ideas of this is how things should look and yeah, yeah. and you can quite easily want to follow and run after a mold. Yeah. There's a thing being true to what God is sticking in your lane again, but being true yeah. to what God has called you guys as a, as a church planter and the, the drive and that picture and that heart that God has given you for, for the place that you're it's in. Good, especially in those early years, eh, just to to stay stay close to that that vision. That's good, right? That's enough of the weeds. We're, we're done with the weeds. Give us some seeds. Give us some, uh, yeah, just the God moments that kept you kept kept you going. Like yeah. what? Yeah. So for me, there's there's two key ones. One is the just watching the little victories on the people that's on the journey with you. Yeah. So getting to see like somebody who hasn't been to church for like 15 years and all of a sudden their life starts revolving around God. And just, yeah, whenever you see them like in community group, God told me this this week and I did this and God said this and I did that. And you're just like, come on, that's what it's about. Yeah. Yeah. That's what, and that is really powerful. Just watching um, people, yeah, I would like, I really appreciate that. I, re- I really love that. And then the other thing for me is just having the vineyard family on the journey. Mm. So, and yeah. I know people in other main and other streams and stuff and what happens in the vineyard just isn't out there. And like, even through all of this, the resources that's been given to us, yeah. um, the webinars we can go to, I mean, like, you know, there's even, training material on how to video yourself. They've yeah. just been, as a family, they're just so good in supporting church plants. It's just been, it's been, <laughs> it's been hard without them. Yeah. So true. So true. For myself, uh, seeds, seed would be to definitely keep asking. That's something that I'm learning oh. and I'm continuing learning is, is to be asking um, other people for like, tell me your story and, 
what did God do to this? And can you give me some recommendations on that? Um, and just like not to be an island, but to be mm-hmm. working and trying new things, hearing what other people are saying, um, asking for advice. Yeah. Um, yeah. And also I love hearing other people's stories and their dreams um, and what they've stepped out in. Because I often find that when I hear other people's stories, the Lord will drop something into my heart that yeah. is very unique and different, but it's almost like I've been inspired. Yeah. So, um, and I think the other seed would be is to never underestimate the power of dreaming. Yeah. Um, because when we dream with God, there's suddenly our vision is, it's almost like the blinkers get taken off and we can see a bigger vision, um, which I suppose is, it goes hand in hand with asking people to like telling, tell me your story. And then you go away thinking, wow, I'm inspired. I can dream. Um, and just like no dream is ever like too big. Um, just the seed would be just dream, dream, dream. Um, because it's, it's a powerful moment between you and God. It's good. That's so good. I love that. Keep asking. That's great. And I think like, as you said, the, the vineyard movement, and, you know, all the churches that, that we've asked for help are so open-handed, isn't it? And yeah, it's just that constant posture of learning and, and and not to think, oh, we've made it now, we're planted. Yes. You know, that's it. We'll just crack on. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, that, that's where it begins. We need people more than ever. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but even just like, for me, like practicalities, like where the vineyard's been helping, like training training um trustees because i mean yeah. trustees don't know how to yeah. do all of this and yeah. so on the journey on the journey together thanks so much guys for taking the time tonight that's been great i loved our chat it's amazing and just to encourage you guys like i love i just I love your passion like just chatting to you there's a, a real passion for for where you are and and god's placed you there for such a time as this and uh, bless you guys thanks. thank you so much and we'll, we'll see you soon Thanks, Thomas. Bye. Bye. Bye.